Welcome to the second series of Osborne Clark's Mobility as a Service podcast. This is the podcast where we're going to talk about all things to do with mobility as a service, or maths. But for this series, we're also going to be casting our nets a bit more widely to talk about developments in the smart mobility and wider transport tech space and everything in between. As ever, at Osborne Clark, we're an international law firm, so a big focus for us in the podcast is on the legal themes and issues in mobility as a service and smart mobility and the opportunities and the challenges in this space as the series goes on. And we're really excited to be presenting another series a couple of years later to look at how things have changed and where we're going. My name's Jeremy Godley. I'm a legal director in the commercial team at Osborne Clark in London. I've worked in the mobility space for many years, particularly focused on uh, regulation and contractual uh, aspects of, of the sector. And I'm really interested at the pace with which mass is developing since we first started being involved in it. And we're keen to be at the forefront uh, of that within our team. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, I'm Marie-Claire Day. I specialise primarily in data, data protection and intellectual property and I have a particular interest in all things smart mobility so particularly maths. Um, great to have this podcast series back. There have been as Jeremy flagged there have been lots of market developments since we launched this series over two years ago now and so throughout this second series we're going to be revisiting some of the aspects looking at the developments over the last couple of years but before we dive into any of this why don't we start by revisiting the definition of mass Jeremy what do you consider mass to be? Well, I think that's an interesting one. I think that was the, one of the big debates we had at the beginning um, of, of the last series, which is what actually is this? What, how do you really pin it down? Um, I think with the benefit of a few more years and a slightly more mature market, at its real heart, what we're talking about here is an idea that describes a shift away from personally owned transport um, towards a, a, a move towards transport delivered literally as a service, as the name suggests. So what that really means is as complete as possible, the integration of transport services, but combined within a simple, comprehensive um, mobility service on your phone or access via a website or some other digital channel. That That's a real simplification and, and probably also quite a maximalist uh, view of, of how it works. But I think it's worth also talking about some of the, the key features in mass and smart mobility. And those are things like integration of, of, of transport services together with ancillary services like um, journey planning and real-time transport information and the possibility of building uh, building in other non-transport but, but related services uh, for travellers. Um, there's also the payments element within this, the, the issuance of tickets, um, as well as the planning and booking of the journey. Um, and probably uh, most important, or one of the key features and, and perhaps advantages of, of Mass is, is the personalisation. It's the idea that, that the app is able to take into account as full as possible the range of the traveller's needs, um, whether they're um, mobility needs, um, journey characteristics, timing, particular modes of transport preferences, uh, and deliver journeys that, that cater as far as possible to those. To have quite a maximalist view, but I think we'll hear as the series goes on that there are um, all kinds of different flavours of maths and all kinds of different uh, perspectives on, on how it should uh, fit together in different places. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, I think um, 
I mean, it's quite clear from sort of the description, particularly around the integration and interoperability required to deliver a sort of seamless solution to users that math is intrinsically complex. Um, and as a result of this, it brings lots of commercial and legal challenges and considerations with, to navigate. And this is why at least I find it such an interesting and exciting area to be involved in. Um, so just to zoom into some of these these considerations from a legal perspective, uh, there have been lots of developments over the last year even, but since we launched the podcast and lots lots of developments in the pipeline. Um, so for example, we've got the DFT's transport data strategy, which was launched earlier this year, which looks at uh, facilitating the opening up of access to data in the mobility sector. So that could be very helpful to Mass. There's also the Mass Code of Practice, which the DFT launched earlier this year. Jeremy, do you want to tell us a bit about that? Sure, no, no problem. So the, the Department for Transport in the UK consulted really quite widely and for quite a long time on, on what the key ingredients and the key um, challenges and opportunities for Mass are. And it, and it published at the end of the summer um, it, its Mass Code of Practice. And what I'd say is I think I actually think we should probably spend an episode deep deep diving into that and looking at some of the the, the questions and, and perhaps the answers that it offers and um, what I'd say for now is it, it's a very non-prescriptive um, set of guidelines really for participants in the space um, on, on the types of things to take into account and it hints sometimes it's quite specific about some of the legal um, issues and the operational issues that, that need to be uh, catered for if you're building a mass ecosystem from from scratch but I think it's a really interesting and positive development that 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 central government has uh, consulted so widely among the stakeholders involved in this space to to produce something that that hopefully um, provides a bit of a roadmap for when um, transport authorities or other organizations are setting up mobility as a service systems and and, and uh, solutions. Thanks, Jeremy. I think it's uh, definitely watch this space with that one. I think it's uh, going to hopefully change a lot the landscape going forward. Um, so, yeah, from an EU perspective, we have uh, lots of developments, particularly from a data perspective. So the Data Governance Act, which was adopted in May last year and became applicable actually from September of this year, um, aims to increase trust in data intermediaries and strengthen data sharing mechanisms. So this could be very valuable to the opening up of access to data in uh, mobility. And in line with that, we have the Data Act coming up, which will help access to and use of data. and this is a key barrier, access to data is a key barrier in the smart mobility and mass sector. So again, this should help to further open up the market. And then there's also the European mobility data space. So the EU data strategy announced the creation of common European data spaces in key sectors and the mobility is one of them. And these data spaces basically bring together governance and infrastructure to facilitate the pooling and sharing of data in a controlled and secure way. So already lots of initiatives to support data sharing in the mobility sector, which are actively being developed now. Um, so we have the mobility data space, which is supported by the German government and um, iShare, which actually provides a set of agreements to enable sharing of access to data in the mobility space. So the common mobility data space based on the EU strategy will build on these existing initiatives and focus on promoting interoperability between them. So lots going on from a data angle. What else is coming up Jeremy? 
Well, thanks. Well, actually, just to sort of linger on data for a moment, it, obviously, it's your area of expertise <laughs> and uh, specialism, Marie-Claire, but it, it, it's always the um, one of the real um, toughest nuts to crack because it's it's about balancing um, the openness, the, the requirement for openness to make uh, um, mobility systems work versus the need for you know, the, the various owners of the data to, to protect their what's really their exploitable, important commercial uh, know-how. So that's really interesting to see that play out and we'll be covering that no doubt in uh, in more detail in future uh, episodes. So on, on my play, I just wanted to flag a, f a few developments away from data that are interesting and that we'll no doubt talk about late, later on in the series. One is the, the EU's um, multimodal digital mobility services initiative. Um, that is um, an initiative spearheaded by the European Commission um, and it's looking at um, simplifying and, and and perhaps resolving some of the issues around buying tickets for journeys that combine different modes of transport, multimodal journeys and the ticketing issuance um, uh, for, for multimodal journeys is often quite difficult. Um, particularly one of the experiences we've had in the UK is that the rail system is really hard to um, to, to integrate into a wider mass ecosystem for sort of historic um, complexities in, in the rail space and particularly around fares and ticketing. Um, so, so this is about an EU-wide initiative to try and solve or go towards solving that, that, that challenge. Um, and that's really important for, for mass because one of the big uh, elements of mass is the ability to to issue a single ticket a single or a single token let's say that covers the whole of the journey no matter what modes of transport are being used for it so we're watching that really closely um, the commission had uh, consulted quite widely and was uh, we were expecting earlier this year for, for a draft regulation to be published but that doesn't seem to be available just yet um, when it when it lands we'll, we'll definitely talk about it in the series because I think there'll be some really interesting lessons to learn from that. Um, another area is the, um, the, the revision to the ITS directive, the Intelligent Transport Systems Directive. Um, the, the ITS directive, it was it was first um, passed or first adopted in 2010, so it's something of an antique now in, in, in mass years, I suppose. Um, but but that means it has been ripe for um for for updating and it goes a lot more a lot broader than just maths it is about um covering um digitalization of systems across um, road networks rail networks um access nodes uh, between modes of transport uh, real time information um and, and, and information sharing of timely data across journey planners and transit operators so it's a lot broader um than than just the development of a mass ecosystem, but there are some themes within within that that, that are really important, and where where actually new legislative interventions are going to have really um really interesting impacts for mass. And and last of all, the other the other area I just wanted to flag in passing was the the AI Act, the European Union's um, Artificial Intelligence Act. Um, that 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 legislation is of course much broader than just mobility it's uh, you know, as we're all seeing ai is pervasive in in really many areas of of, of daily life or it will be um, and the regulation of that is a real key feature as to how how that story is going to going to develop and without doubt that has um, important implications for um digital mass systems and how how they're improved and what some of the actually the challenges are with those
goes uh, with, with, with the combination of AI and maths. So we're going to hopefully bring in our specialist AI team at Osborne Clark in a future podcast to look at what some of the implications um, for maths will be um, from, from the, the EU AI Act, which is going to be quite an exciting discussion. See, I'm really looking forward to that episode myself. Um, we will uh, also be speaking with our colleagues in our international offices to look at various other topics and speaking with uh, people in the industry, looking at environmental aspects, so the contribution mass makes to sustainable and net zero targets, for example. We'll of course be doing a deep dive into data, so that will be looking at non-personal data as well as personal data and data access, data exploitation and as, as well as data protection. We'll be, of course, uh, looking at some of the key issues such as consumer law and the wider platform regulation and impact this has on mass, as well as transport regulation. So lots of big, a huge variety of topics coming up in this series. So I think that's probably um, a bit of a wrap for the for the first episode. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it and that the themes that we're, um, we're talking about here and that we're going to develop a bit further across the series are of interest to you. Um, just to say that we'll also obviously be looking at the commercial and operational developments in the space as well. Um, please do get in touch if you have any questions or any comments on what we've discussed or what we're going to discuss or or in particular if you're interested in appearing on the podcast we'd be very happy to hear from you um, and, and to bring your thoughts uh, into the arena. Mm-hmm.